The date is Friday, May 1st, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, Michael takes us to a galaxy far, far away as we discuss the celebrated past and controversial future of the Star Wars franchise in celebration of May the 4th. John Kincaid also joins us again to discuss this week's Quick This on Fantasy Football. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Entertain This. I am Michael, and I'm joined by... Alex. And a thick Nick. Thick Nick. Two C's both ways. Welcome back, it's, guys. It <laughs> caught on, and you didn't even like attempt to make it catch on. It just did. <laughs> I love it. The glue. It's we say it all the time yeah. now. But yeah. yeah. Welcome, guys. How have you been? I mean, what are we on? Quarantine week six now? Something like that. We're on quarantine this. Yeah, quarantine this. Quarantine this, episode whatever. <laughs> Eight. Not that I'm counting. Well, I mean, it's it's been a whole month, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, been spending a lot of time inside, so it's been great for introverts like me. The great indoors. Yeah. It slowly turned my introvert ass into an outrovert. Mm. <laughs> like you, you really want to get outside? I actually bought my fishing license for the first time in like eight years. <laughs> I bought like an annual fishing what? license. You yeah. have to get a fishing license? Oh, yeah. You do. I, I mean, had no idea. You fishing don't have to. And especially right now, you don't need one. Uh, because between you, me, and whatever listeners we have, uh, <laughs> the people who go around and check for your fishing license currently aren't working. Oh. But hmm. it is good to support your local governments and get your fishing <laughs> license. Wink, wink. Pay, hey, taxes. pay taxes. That's enough support. All right. Okay. There you go. Fish at the lakes. Then <laughs> it's up to you. With, with all this time spent inside, I have been kind of going back to uh, a lot of reminiscent things that I watched a lot as a, as a child, as a young uh, Michael. Um, faces still say the same. Uh, body and height have, and weight especially, have definitely changed. Uh, but interests have not. So I'm going back and watching all of the Star Wars movies. You know, upcoming. Hey. Upcoming May the 4th, be with you. Uh, it's our first May the 4th extravaganza. Yeah, extravaganza. Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> yeah, Extravaganza sure. meaning we're doing one episode on it. <laughs> yeah, for May the 4th. <laughs> Wait till our Halloween special. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went back and recently, within the last like month or so, went back and actually rewatched all of the episodes one through Ooh. eight i haven't watched nine i actually still have no. not watched nine but um but just don't. i'm feeling lots of nostalgia oh yeah because um, i i spent a lot of time as a young nerd growing up watching a lot of star wars i don't know about you guys oh yeah i have mm-hmm. a collection of 1980s star wars action figures Hell that are yeah. currently vaulted up in my attic um, Hell yeah! To someday discover down the line. Nice, yeah. By your offspring or me? Who knows? <laughs> I think yeah. I think my dad still has the original VHSs of the uh, episodes four through six. And yeah, that was, that I was my that, start. Yeah, that's locked yeah. up in the attic as well with my action figures. Hell yeah! Hmm. Yeah, yeah. My, little, little my first capsule. exposure was probably watching episode one. Love it or hate it, but that was my first exposure to it. <laughs> Good for you. Um, yeah, that was like, that was the hook. What a place you know? to start. I yeah. mean, you got to actually start at episode one. 
whether or not that's where you're supposed to start, I don't know. That's a hot button issue for sure. But um, that's that's where I started with Jar Jar Binks and Obi Wan and Darth Maul and all them. So here's here's my understanding is that George Lucas he wrote. It started off, it had nothing to do with the Skywalkers. He wrote a completely different story about a space knight that had that wasn't even called a Jedi, and it was like the manuscript that laid out the rules for being a Jedi. Um, he slowly turned that into a story. He wrote one through three, of course, first, the story of Anakin Skywalker, and then he wrote episodes four through six. But back when Star Wars was first starting, they didn't believe that it was going to take off because it just wasn't the genre of film that was popular at the time. So instead of doing all of one through three, George Lucas was like, if I'm only getting three films, I want to tell the story that I like the most, which is four, five and six. That's well, the most important. To I me. don't even think he was getting three films. I think he just got oh, no. one at first, which is why the uh, like episode four, A New Hope, when it originally came out, was just titled Star Wars. Right. And it wasn't actually titled episode four, A New Hope until he re-released it four years later in theaters. Hmm. Um, so hmm. the title... Yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah, the title of Star Wars was the first ever retcon. And oh boy, yeah. is Star Wars known for retcons. Oh, it sure is. That's retcon <laughs> number one in a long line of retcons. Yeah. But yeah, Some pretty I, famous retcons. I Googled that about an hour before our podcast, found that little, uh-huh. little tidbit. And it's... Could you imagine... Like having a box office hit that like takes the world over by storm and people love it and are watching it all the time. Then all of a sudden a new one comes out and it said episode four. Huh? Like imagine where's the first three. Exactly. Well, and imagine like (laughs) that'd be the equivalent of, um, of Marvel releasing like the first Iron Man and titling it like, entitling it Avengers like Infinity War (laughs) like some stupid thing like that I don't know it'd be kind of like if you watched the first Avengers and it was like Iron Man 4 and you were like what (laughs) yeah and then they released one two and first yeah that's actually a much better yeah good job Alex taking my it's kind of (laughs) well I mean it's interesting because Marvel is kind of doing that a little bit um, now recently with the um the Black Widow movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, spoiler alert for the movie that came out a year ago, Black Widow is no longer alive. Um, but now we're going back oh. and we're getting her backstory. Yeah. Oh, boy. Does she have backstory? <laughs> she better for all they hyped up and mentioned and offhanded comments about places in the other movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no. that's neither here nor there, nor and Star not what Wars. that was referring to. But getting right. back to Star Wars... Um, but yeah, so like Star Wars for me was a giant part of me, like my childhood and my first exposure to like science fiction and fantasy. And I like, I dove headfirst into it. Like I, I had like six or seven of those plastic lightsabers that you could get at Toys R Us. <laughs> and eventually I broke all of those. And of course. when I, was, I think I was like 10 or so and my dad and i actually would go to home depot we would buy like pvc pipes like all the connectors and everything and we would and like rubber o-rings and we would actually make our own lightsabers 
out of that stuff. That's adorable. So my dad and I, when I was 10, my dad was like late 30s, early 40s, uh, building our own lightsabers in our garage. That's uh, incredible. And it was a great time. <laughs> yeah. I remember I wanted Obi-Wan's lightsaber so bad. Because, I mean, let's face it, Obi-Wan in the prequels, he can get it. Dang. Now they're coming out with the uh, Obi-Wan series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'm super speaking, excited for that. Oh, when are they releasing that? Oh, who knows? Uh, but <laughs> speaking of Disney+, Plus, they, on May the 4th, are releasing um, the very last episode of Star Wars for streaming. Oh. So if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen episode 9, they're releasing it May the 4th in celebration of May the 4th. That's awesome. So, Good job, Disney. Yeah. A little plug for you there. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the Star Wars movies, all of them, um, you can watch them straight through on the streaming platform Disney+. Plus. We're not sponsored by Disney+. Plus. Yeah. If only. <laughs> yeah, that was actually what spawned me to go back and watch rewatch it all, was Mandalorian came out on yep. Disney+. Plus. I watched through all of that, got done, still needed the Star Wars itch, to be scratched, so I went back and rewatched every single episode that was available in the course of one day. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. It's dedication homes. Yeah. I mean, I also used to have full dedicated days uh to watching the extended editions of Lord of the Rings. So being able to sit okay. down for long periods of time is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Under special skills on your resume. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I can sit down for eight hours straight. They're like, that's almost the entire job. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I think uh, it's uh I think it's funny how you talked about your dad building lightsabers with you. Um I had a very similar experience when I was a kid, especially with the uh, um prop replica lightsabers. I remember distinctly um when I began hanging out with neighborhood kids. When you finally reach that age that your parents are like, get out of the house, go do something, come back before it's dark. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we did was my next door neighbors had a ton of lightsabers. They were a family of like eight or nine sons. And each one of the sons had like three or four lightsabers. So you can do the math there. There yeah, were tons wow. of lightsabers all over the place. Um, but <laughs> they were this family of huge Star Wars nerds and in the best way possible. They knew all the lore. They knew everything about all the characters, their backstory, stuff that like I didn't even know that you have to read into the books and be into the comic books and watch all of Clone Wars and mm -hmm. all of those series that kind of spin off of those original, at the time, six movies. Um, And with all of that knowledge, they built in their backyard their own canon, their own Star Wars canon. Oh, okay. where I thought you meant like something that they would shoot out of. <laughs> no the cannon not yeah. quite <laughs> um but they would have like these intense characters that they played backstories with and like they would hold their lightsabers and we would run around their backyard and use our imaginations to put ourselves on other planets i remember the oldest brother his kind of star wars persona was he was a distant brother of darth maul so he was Ooh. the same race as Darth Maul, mm -hmm. and he had a red lightsaber, but he was good. He was attempting to be ah. good after the fall of Darth Maul. Um, hmm. Being raised under the shadow of Darth Maul, everyone had thought he was evil. Uh, and he, his attempt was to be a good guy. And 
I remember playing just some random, like, random Jedi. Um, but I interwove with these characters and stuff. And, man, I learned more about Star Wars in that fake backyard universe than I did in any internet research that I've ever done, just because I was there in the moment, you know? Yeah. And they were super <laughs> intense, but we were, like, eight or nine doing it, so of course it felt intense. But it's just those childhood memories that have spanned generations and generations, and that's kind of what Star Wars has done, Yeah, which is really cool. Like, if you... It's still a thing where, like, I think you can still go and find these videos of people going to the theaters to go watch uh, episode one when it was released in theaters after the long wait from episode six. Mm. It's really interesting to see the, like, the wide perspective of ages and, like, ages, gender, race. Granted, most of it were male. I will say that. Um and just how many people just enjoy Star Wars and are so invested into it. Um, and kind of before we go even further, um, for whoever out there uh, doesn't know what Star Wars even is, we'll give a, I'll give a quick rundown real quick. So Star Wars is essentially a, the overarching plot of one family, the Skywalker family. Um, it is this plot told in, uh, this world that happens like many, many, many years ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, where you essentially have these space wizards, these people who use like light swords, swords that are, uh, that you could turn on and off, puts out a beam of light and heats everything up like to the point where you can just cut through anything. Uh, and then they have these magical powers where they control this thing called the force and they can like push, pull, they can like manipulate people's thoughts, um, things like that. But it's centered around this one family line of the Skywalkers who the original Anakin Skywalker, he is meant to be like the chosen one who's supposed to bring balance to the force because you have the two different sides, the light side and the dark side, um, and there's just this eternal struggle between this two, uh, two counterpoints of what the force actually is. Um, and yeah, so from there on, it's nine movies centered around this family and how that plays out and ripples throughout the universe of star Wars. And it's amazing. I, I would say like, I love every single movie that I've seen. Hmm. Like I, I definitely have my preferences. Like, um, I really love watching episode five. Episode five for me is like the crowning achievement chef's kiss, uh, of the star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that part. Um, but from a lot of the star Wars fan base, they seem to really dislike episode one. There's a lot and episode two for a little, for a little bit. There's a lot of hate towards the prequels as a whole. Um, yeah. mostly from what my experience with it is, is like it essentially you have this space, this classical space opera in episodes four through six, where right. everything is used like very practical effects, like taken very seriously, some comedy moments, but usually it's tongue in cheek, uh, where you go to episodes one through three, first off episode one, they introduced Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> 
here we go. And I heard a theory about him that I'll touch on later. Oh boy, he's I a know. Sith Lord. God damn it, Nick. <laughs> so, episode one, you have Jar Jar Binks, um, and it was kind of this early two thousands vibe of like overusing these newfangled uh, video effects. Exactly, video yeah. effects from the early two thousands, while impressive at the time. Are, do not hold up at they all. don't <laughs> they at don't. all no <laughs> um and yeah it you could tell that george lucas just got a little a little carried little away carried away with it by the new uh technology that was presented to him yeah um, which is unfortunate yeah which george lucas to me gets a lot more credit than he kind of deserves <laughs> that's true he put his and, name really big at the beginning of a good number of the episodes. That's well, why. He, I, w- I would even say it's because he wrote a good, he wrote good sections of a story, not a good ent- story as a whole. And I say that because the original Star Wars was actually written uh, in a completely different pl- like version of the plot from what we see. Hmm. And what I, what I, kind of what I mean by that is that they actually filmed the entire story, um, the entire first movie in this other order that George Lucas had in mind. And it wasn't until post-production that his wife, who was the chief editor of the of the film, basically said, we have got to redo this entire thing, but we don't have the budget for it. So what they did was they actually completely changed the order of how everything happens in the story. The entire plot of Star Wars was actually the original Star Wars was put together in editing from these different scenes. I don't know what the original order was. Oh, man. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would love to know that. Um, Forever lost to the sands of time, unfortunately. I hate sand. <laughs> Here we go. We can talk about memes now. <laughs> yeah, let's let's kind of. Off that tangent, let's go back into the 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 prequels because oh boy, Nick, oh boy, this is your they're chock full of memes. <laughs> this is where the fun begins, as they say, right? <laughs> General Kenobi, <laughs> hello there. It's so bad. All the acting in the prequels is so bad that people took those and made memes out of them. Yeah, and memes that I really do enjoy. Go ahead, list them all. Let's hear it. There's. Well, there's obviously the hello there. That's that's at the top. Yeah. There's the uh, General Kenobi uh, that General Grievous, the robot man, says. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the I hate sand thing. The uh, I have the high ground. There's it's so many more. And it gets everywhere. Uh, it's coarse. It, yep, sand is coarse. Uh, I don't think the system works. Um, uh, basically, everything Anakin says is somehow made into a meme. <laughs> like, uh, now this is pod racing. Oh, uh. I'm full. I'll do a I'm barrel really roll. That's a neat trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, fuck. that's that's really where I specialize is in the prequels and the memes that were made out of them. But I, as far as my background and exposure to Star Wars, it's mostly just limited to the movies. I haven't watched the Clone Wars or any of the spin-off series. I'm trying to watch The Mandalorian. I'll probably do that this weekend after our conversation you here. You love The Mandalorian. To me, sure to me, the Mandalorian is right in your wheelhouse of like incredible visuals. There are like two episodes where the plot gets a little, a little shaky. 
Um, but overall, it's such a great story that is yeah. told masterfully. Um, I mostly just want to be in the loop as far as the memes go. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of Mandalorian memes out there. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. That's funny, but I don't, you know, I didn't watch the episode, so I don't really know. Yeah, Baby Yoda kind of took over. <laughs> sure did. For a month or so there, yeah. He was the hot meme of the month. Oh, wow. Yeah, 50-year-old Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, it's cute. Yeah. I want to talk about something that I think Star Wars did really right. Yeah. Um, Something that maybe be a, it might be a little bit controversial, but I think that Star Wars... um. For the most part, there are some exceptions. Do a great job listening to their audience and listening to their fan base. And what I mean by that is we didn't like the first three episodes, right? Some people were kind of against them. They didn't hold up to the other three. So Star Wars came up with this concept of releasing an animated show on Cartoon Network that would kind of fill in all of the holes that were left with the first three episodes, and that animated show was called Star Wars The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And you know what? I think The Clone Wars saved the first three episodes. Because if you watch Star Wars The Clone Wars, and you go back and you watch one, two, and three, my God, it's, yeah. it's a lot better. And it's because th- there was context missing. So I would say, if you're not a fan of the prequels, go watch The Clone Wars. Then watch the prequels because you have a new respect for them. Yeah. Or at well, least that's how I experienced so, it. So quick little distinction. There is the original Clone Wars cartoon, which was released on Cartoon Network in, I believe, like 2006-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Now there is another series called The Clone Wars uh, that was also released on Cartoon Network, but... The first one is in the same style of Samurai Jack. It was made. It was animated by the same people behind Samurai Jack, uh, while the second one is in more of a like more modern 3D uh, animation style. Um, if I'm not, I not mistaken, I think it's technically the same show, kind of off how Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go are technically the same show. Um, maybe they have very similar plot and character. I would it may say maybe a rebrand. Uh, I would say one of the big differences is that um so the first series, the one the 2004 2006 or whatever year it came out series mm-hmm. is a direct continuation uh between episode 2 and episode 3. Like uh the first episode of that animated series is the end of episode 2. The last scene of the cartoon series is the first scene of episode three of them taking off in their little spaceships to go get uh, Palpatine back. Gotcha. Um, and the more the newer uh, the newer show is actually the telling of a specific section of that story uh, of in between. uh in between two and three, and then it kind of happens in the background of three, and then kind of after three, mm-hmm. uh, where it is the story mm-hmm. of um, Anakin Skywalker uh, teaching his new apprentice, Ashoka Tano. Um, and it's really cool. Oh, that's get, who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you get this. Uh, You're connecting really, like all these little wires in my head. Yeah. So you get this really cool like introspective and like it gives you a much deeper and uh, insight into Anakin as a character. You also get to see yeah. Obi-Wan, more of him. You get to see this new character, Ahsoka Tano, who is actually probably one of the most loved characters from the Star Wars universe, I would say, actually. <laughs> like, from the people who have watched Clone Wars, people love her character. Um, I think they're adding her into some live-action rendition, from what I heard. Yes, and she's going to be played by Rosario Dawson, I think. is her Which name? is who all of the fans wanted to play her. I th- huh. think so. I'm not sure. I've not been keeping up with that. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really cool because they're like Star Wars as a medium. Like I would say Star Wars is kind of its own genre at this point. Oh, yeah. Like you have Star Wars movies, Star Wars TV shows, Star Wars video games. Oh, boy. Great games. Are there video games and are they great? There um, are <laughs> some of the first attempts into VR were through Star Wars and like lightsaber training. Like oh, one yeah. of the first VR experiences that came out was a lightsaber battle game where you would set the little practice droid that uh, Luke had that like shot the lasers at him. You would mm-hmm. set that up next to your TV, plug it into your audio video uh, inputs on the back of your TV, and you would have a lightsaber that cut off about halfway up the lightsaber. And that was a VR lightsaber battle game where you would fight on screen. And we're talking like that's maybe two thousand like eight, two thousand nine yeah. when that stuff say, came out. Can I say how much I miss the red cord, yellow cord, black cord action that we used to get with all video game systems? It was so nope, easy to I understand. It. I miss I loved yeah. it when things were color coded. You didn't like I couldn't figure it out. You didn't like no. Nick. Come on, Nick, it's, it's, it's color easier. It's number one it's color coded do you say you um, couldn't get it <laughs> no i don't know what it well i was a kid at the time and i was just like dad <laughs> but also but now it's like hdmi you just you're done yeah but you, you have know? to change sources now back then all you had to do was go down to it's channel four sources. and you were there three yeah well some of it was three some of it was four <laughs> and it was there Okay, well, we can we can debate uh, input video sources. <laughs> We're not time, IT but... this. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> HDMI offers a crisper picture than the earlier component settings. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I want colors on my porch. <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, Michael, I'll of... come over there with some acrylic paint, and I'll paint the end of your HDMI orange, <laughs> and then I'll paint a little orange circle on your TV. I did not think there about that, but I actually love that idea. I'll do it. I'm I'll do that for you. Paint it red. I'll do that for Paint you, it red pal. for the Sith. I think that if I had to say, this is this is topical. If I had to assign us uh, dark or light, I think Michael and I would both be the light side. I'm sorry, Nick, but I think you'd hell? be the dark side. <laughs> for very distinct reasons. I don't have an evil bone in my body. It's not evil, just the dark no. side. That's a thing that a lot of people don't get that they kind of go over in like the more obscure Star Wars um Star Wars platforms is that just because you're a part of the dark side doesn't mean you're necessarily evil. Um but the dark side does have evil properties. But what the dark side is about is about power. Well, um, it's it's about power and passion and emotion. 
Yeah. Which hmm. like the light while the light side is all about restraint and calm and like thoughtfulness and wisdom through wisdom through emotion through no emotions. And by the way, the first episodes four through six were based on a D campaign. If you believe in any way, shape or form that George Lucas could sit in a campaign and let other people talk, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the guy. All I know is he made movies. That's all I know about him. And that's all he wants he you to know funny. is that he <laughs> made movies. <laughs> that's it. Whatever. Uh, I thought he was a cool guy. Change my mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bash George Lucas on May the 4th, but. <laughs> not on May the 4th. Well, I already did that. <laughs> I already told him he, des- he gets way more credit than he deserves. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, it's You're it's really funny, right? like, and especially if you look back on it, like, if you look at and do like an analysis of episode four, or just episodes four through six as a whole, they are the epitome of the classic hero's journey. Like, if, oh like, yeah, it is it to a T. Not to call it lazy writing, it's just very generic. But what saves it is the skin on top. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a it's a well skinned hero's journey is exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, and I mean that's the first thing they teach you in creative writing courses in college or even in high school is that if you have a character that follows a specific path, it is known that that path um, is successful in writing, and that's the hero's mm-hmm. journey. And we can go through the steps of the hero's journey, but basically, what it kind of entails is that. There's someone who goes on a quest. There's a problem that they have to solve. There is a fall from grace. There's a get back up. There's usually, this isn't in order, but there's usually a wise old mentor. Mm-hmm. And then there is a, an ascend to greatness. Well, yeah, and that's and the hero's like, journey. And then there's the whole like Kickstarter of it is living their daily lives. Something interrupts that daily life. Yeah. And then boom, hero's journey. AKA having your aunt and uncle burned alive or being <laughs> taken away from your mother. Yeah. Some, some would say <laughs> while we're talking about old jerks like George Lucas, I just want to say Obi-Wan <laughs> is not a great character in the first movie. Um, strictly because he totally gives R2D2 the cold shoulder. First R2D2 movie, like first movie episode, episode three. Okay. Episode three or four. Uh, sorry. Episode four. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, episode four, where he's like, I don't think I have a droid. And it's like, R2-D2's like walking up to him like a dog who just recognized like one of his good friends. And he's like, I don't know you. (laughs) That's that's because I think George Lucas didn't know that Obi-Wan knew him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, you're 100% right. (laughs) That's the problem is that um, that the fan base loved... C-3PO and R2-D2 so much that George decided to add them in to the Star Wars canon for the first three movies as well. Mm-hmm. And it was choices like that that made so many mistakes moving forward and so many canonical errors. And that's that's more of it is that Star Wars people, including myself, are very picky on their canon. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know there was more than one, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's an entire extended universe that Disney just tried to delete from the face of the planet 
that was canon until Disney bought it. <laughs> that definitely happened. Yep. Let's go more into that. Yeah, so you have the original movies. Like you have episodes one through, and at this point, six, one through six. Yeah. And on top of that, people need more Star Wars. So there were books, there were video games, pretty much everything that was released with the Lucasfilms production little logo on it was canon Star Wars. Right. Um, so there were like okay. multiple different writers who would write these like side stories that would go into like what was Luke doing after episode six, what was Han Solo up to, or like pre-stories like... Um, Star Wars The Old Republic, a video game uh, made by BioWare, the same people behind uh, uh, behind Mass Effect. Uh, they Their first like big game, if I'm remembering right, they might have had a bigger, big one before it, but their biggest first game was Knights of the Old Republic, which was a, an RPG in the Star Wars universe. That all happens like thousands of years before episode one and was canon. So like it was like everything that happened in this game was in the Star Wars universe and now it's just like nope. Disney Thanos snapped it out of the out of the universe and people were not happy about it. Oh no. Um <laughs> just because it jogged my memory because you said Disney and canon so many times. Uh something that I think is kind of cool that Disney did. Um well first off, they built the uh Star Wars portion of their park. Mm -hmm. um which i'm sure you are aware of that have dozens of thank you interactive experiences and it is it's very cool um meet and greets with the characters things like that that's great um but they've also stated that when you are in a disney park in the star wars part of the park you are officially a part of the star wars canon because everything that happens in the disney portion of the park is canon to the actual story okay so if i get off or get off a ride walk over to the uh, Star Wars part and then proceed to vomit in a trash can. Is my vomit (laughs) a part of the Star Wars canon? The way that they advertise it is as soon as you walk into the Star Wars portion of the park, you are in the Star Wars universe canonically. So yes, your vomit is also part of it. It's a huge know. reach, but it's Disney, so who's going to stop them? Like, I, get, they can I, do it. I get the whole thing of, like, preserve the magic, and, like, like that's whole, Disney's whole thing, but, oh, come preserve on. Preserve our founder, frozen under the park. <laughs> Speaking of frozen, there's the Battle of Hoth uh, on <laughs> episode five. the planet. <laughs> An episode, I don't remember what episode it's in. Episode but, five. Yeah, and... um I played the Star Wars Battlefront games, the original ones, not the ones that EA released recently, but I used to play those games nonstop. They were so good. Just by myself. They were fun. They were so uh, good. It didn't matter if you're a multiplayer, the, the campaign with the 501st Legion of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was a blast. I loved playing those games, too. I wasn't privy to all the, the canon battles that were going on <laughs> on internet forums at the time, but <laughs> regardless, I did play those games, and I enjoyed them. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where un, until Lucasfilms was dissolved uh, or bought, um, they were putting out incredible game after incredible game. Like I remember there were like Jedi Knight Academy games where there were I think like three of them and all of them were fantastic. There was a Star Wars MMO that came out before World of Warcraft 
that was the most popular MMO before World of Warcraft, or it might have been, or it might have been EverQuest. I don't know. Another MMO. Um, but it's just like it's crazy how Lucasfilms or Lucas Lucas Productions as an overarching like property management thing, like manager of the Star Wars property, um, did such a good job of expanding upon stuff and just providing like quality content that just like as soon as it was gone now it's like uh like they they in a sense had the keys to the kingdom in a way they did like they kept all the canon this these uh the sacred books if you will they kept them under lock and key and they said you cannot change anything in this canon book ever the jedi tones and then, if you would the yes that the sacred books they got burned in the what was it ninth eighth eighth something episode we'll get there eighth episode we haven't even touched yeah. on the new movies there's a reason Sorry. <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> but that's that's the point that's the point i was trying to make is that nobody changed the canon up until lucasfilms dissolved is what you're saying yeah, yeah. essentially and it's not even that like it's not even that like the the canon or whatever the lore of star wars was really like the big concern it was more so that like the main priority of star wars was fun like it was like these games are fun within this universe it's like everything was like a hero's journey within the universe it's all of this like more generic stuff wrapped up in a star wars uh star wars gift wrapping um and that's one of the biggest things that like people have kind of had complaints about for the last few years since disney bought it was that it felt like Disney was really just trying to capitalize off of the Star Wars brand. Whereas before it was this like kind of sacred treasure of like just trying to produce fun and good things. Now it's just like, all right, well, Star Wars, it's one of the biggest brands in the world. One of the, like the biggest fantasy brand in the world, most recognizable thing. Cool. Yeah. We'll uh, just do the entire same story of episode four over again and make that a new movie. Ooh, we're good. Those are fighting words. Those are true words. <laughs> oh, better explain yourself. Well, okay. Big Daddy Disney takes so much good in the world and just puts it into a box and then holds on to the box and then goes, if you give me $100, I'll let you look in the box. Well, and then, <laughs> and then once they open the box, it's like an orange that they just twist and squeeze until it's dry. They're like, oh. you like orange juice, right? And you're like, it's leaking out the bottom of the box. They're like, you like orange juice. Here, have some orange juice. It's true. Lick it up uh, off the ground. But in, in defense of Disney, not that I defend Disney all that often, they did give us three more movies within the Star Wars universe, right? They did. They did. Okay. Okay. Well, here, I'll, def- I'll go back and I'll defend my... Did my, they? Did they give us three more movies? My argument is they didn't. Loosely Star Wars based movies. My argument is they took the movies that already existed and they either reskinned them or they just extended what didn't need to be extended. Yeah. I'd counter that with saying Rogue One is a notable exception to that because that was a fantastic movie. Rogue One is different. I would say Rogue One, it's, it's it stands apart. It wasn't new. It was a story okay. that had already been 
not maybe told, but referred to. That's fair. Well, it was basically Disney seeing a plot hole or not even a plot hole, just like an important part of the plot in Star Wars and just being like, we can turn that into a movie. We're going to make so movie. much money off of this one thing George didn't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, they did. Like, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so let's let's go back and let's talk about the comparisons between episode seven and episode four. So both movies start off with a down on their luck uh teenager like late teen maybe early 20s like youngster um who living on a desert planet mm-hmm. um who doesn't know who their parents are doesn't know who their parents are uh and doesn't even know who, what the force is because at this point in the story it's like this well actually no i will say ray knows what the force is she doesn't know that she can use it ray being yeah. the main character um and so you essentially have like all of this like little stuff happen and yada, yada, yada. Like they, they get a lightsaber. They think they know they, they kind of like have an idea of what the force is, but they don't really use it that much. Okay. Well then we get to the spot where the, the big bad of the movie is um, this giant orbital space station in the sky that is, a death beam episode four the death star it's a moon (laughs) that's no moon no that's no moon (laughs) that's no moon (laughs) can i just hit on real quick while we're talking about episode seven um there's a scene in it where ray picks up luke's lightsaber and there's this giant epiphany that happens she hears a bunch of voices a bunch of stuff happens and it refers to some stuff that happened to Luke um, earlier on in the Star mm-hmm. Wars series. We never touch on that again. They never explain why that happened. They never tell you why she was connected to specifically Luke and his memories in that moment. Or they, I guess, just kind of chalk it up to, well, she can she can do this because we say. Well, it mm-hmm. was theory baiting. Like, it, it absolutely was. And that is my problem because I don't even think that the writers of the last three movies knew what the end was going to be when they wrote that in. No, because it was three (laughs) individual writers who wrote their own plots. And that's the problem that I have with the last three movies. Yeah. like The the last one in particular. How are you going to theory bait in the first movie when you know you're not going to write the second one? Yeah. Yep. It... It, It was so much so... It was it, it's the exact problem with entertainment and the internet meeting is that these giant companies they use their films to advertise future films and they know that if the internet gets a hold of something it's going to spread awareness of this film. Mm-hmm. So they do things like theory bait that way they become trending and they become viral about talking about who's raised parents and things like that. And that ultimately is just going to let down a fan base. Well, and it's not yep. it's not even necessarily that theory baiting in and of itself is a bad thing. It's more so that if you do theory baiting, like if you are intentionally putting plot hooks into a movie or something that is like a a story that is meant to be told over multiple movies, right? You need to execute on that. You can't oh, yeah. leave that stuff up in the air. Like because that just then does... people like me go back and get pissed. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah. it's which is why I said don't watch episode nine because it takes everything it attempts, it attempts to tie everything up into a nice little neat ball. Uh, it doesn't so well. <laughs> you still what have... I, Michael, have you seen episode nine? I have not, mostly for the same reasons that I have not seen the last episode of Game of Thrones, is because yeah. I do not need that disappointment in my life. <laughs> That's fair. Has it been spoiled for you what happens in episode nine? I spoiled it myself. Okay. So yeah. you can feel so can... the the disappointment of what happened. Yeah. yeah. I I read the plot and was just like, fucking really? Has it been long <laughs> enough that we can I can I can put a spoiler warning in our intro? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I will. Big old spoiler well, and warning. like hey, Big bold spoiler text. warning right now for the latest episode of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Um there's this weird it's the problem is with theory baiting is that it leads you to believe that Ray is a Skywalker mm. from her relationship with Leia, her relationship with Luke, uh, what happens when she gets hold of a, of a lightsaber. And right. it's constantly churning in people's minds that like, she's the main character. Star Wars is about Skywalkers. And mm-hmm. it's very clear in telling you Kylo Ren who is the new Sith overlord or soon to be Sith overlord. Um, he is a Skywalker. And I think they did that fantastically. They did. I think, they did. Yes. I think that making a Skywalker, the new Sith Lord and finally showing someone fall like Anakin did and giving him a chance to kind of come back from that is a great plot, like a great plot line to follow. I had nothing. Yeah. I had nothing wrong with his plot. Mm-hmm. My problem comes from if you're going to theory bait and theory bait that like this is a Skywalker. Ray is a Skywalker. Ray is somehow related to the Skywalkers. Please, please. In the last episode, don't try to build a romance with the other Skywalker. Because <laughs> that'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> when you finally are like, we're kidding. She's not a Skywalker. Don't be like, and guess what? Also, they, they can back. <laughs> Here's the smooch. Here's the Hallmark smooch. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it in theaters and I was like, I feel disgusting. Yeah. Like, this is gross. They well, should and, not. And even then, like, I'd be more okay with like them hinting like, oh, she's a Skywalker. She's a Skywalker. She's a Skywalker for her to turn out and be this nobody. Like just this random person in the story. Then for them to turn around and be like, fucking Palpatine's back. <laughs> Guess what? He's Palpatine been controlling back. everything. And later on, they confirm that that Palpatine was a clone of God, the original I, Palpatine. I, stop. And they confirm that uh, Ray is not in love with Kylo and that the kiss was symbolic of friendship. These are things that the writers have said, have come out and said. Yeah, to well, the, the, writers, kiss my the writers have proved that they're a bunch of asshats, so I don't want to hear a single word that they have to say about it. <laughs> You're so yeah. right. You're so right. <laughs> like, it's like the same I'm realizing. Shit. It's like the same shit with things... J.K. Rowling being like, oh, ha- Hagrid had a, had a gay wet dream when he was 13 years old. <laughs> and we're just like, like, great, good for Hagrid, honestly. Like, I don't care. Here's my <laughs> cool. thing. So... The writers have come out and said that um, the first three films explored the dark side and its effects. The uh, second three films, they explored the light side and moving towards the light and the fight against the dark side. But they Mm. came out and said that these last three 
these last three episodes, delve into what they call the gray side. The theme okay. of these last three movies are supposed to be Whoa. the area between the dark and the light side. Which and like, finding that, that's and not that a sounds, bad thing. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Until you realize that the gray side means you're not the good guy and you're not the bad guy. Well, it's it's more so that like like if you look back at it, like Mace Windu, if we're going back to episode the prequels, Mace oh, yeah. Windu is uh played by Samuel L. Jackson. I really when I rewatch those movies, I really want to hear one motherfucker come out of him in the Star Wars universe. Um, <laughs> There's no such thing as motherfuckers happen. in the Star Wars universe. Doesn't happen. Um, Someone needs to do a supercut. He was considered a gray Jedi. Uh, gray Jedi's are a canon thing to the Star Wars universe. Like that is lore accurate, and it's when basically you do it someone right. right. It's basically someone who is able to um, recognize that there is truth to both sides. And so like be able to exercise the restraint and the non-emotion outside of like combat, but then in combat recognize that, yeah, like you can be more powerful by like embracing parts of the dark side, by embracing anger and emotion, um, which is why like it's completely fine. Like it's completely accurate for in episode three for Mace Windu to want to kill uh, Palpatine right then and there. Yeah. Because like he like when Anakin's like like he should not be executed. He needs a trial. Like it's like yeah no like that's that's pretty like light side thing to say. Mace Windu mm. is just like nope. <laughs> Gonna kill him right He's here too right dangerous now. To be left alive. Yep. That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, which is falls perfectly in line with his morality scale of this light and that's. Dark. That's how the gray side should work. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that they do it in the last three movies is they explain that um, you're either pulled to the dark or you're pulled towards the light. But what happens when both are pulling at you? That's the gray side to them. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, here's what happens when you have the capability of being on the dark side, but you have the drive to be on the light side. And that's supposed to be what Ray and Ben Kenobi eventually um, are supposed to represent are these two uh, people being torn from both the light and the dark. And that is why canonically they have telepathic powers and they can do things like reach behind their back and hand off a lightsaber, I guess is a thing that they can do um, is because know. they both are canonically in this same spot that is so rare with the force that if they both are there, they're able to basically be the same being is the way that it's described, which is garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. Everything I just said is trash. <laughs> There's no point to anything cool, I, I just said, other than to explain to you that it is just absolute dog shit. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Well, and like there, there's so much in these like later movies that are just very disappointing. Like if you, like you look back, like kind of what I was getting at the plot in the first or in the episode seven is just a cut copy paste of episode four, just bigger. Oh, it's not a moon anymore. It's a planet. Yeah. Uh, it's a planet. And now instead of it being like the empire, it's straight up just like the third Reich. <laughs> like it's like they're wearing like, like the red armbands and everything. There is the a Nazi Germany um, scene where they are all lined up 
and uh, Kylo Ren is standing in front of all of them. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, <sighs> OK, and then episode eight comes along. I was actually like when I first watched episode seven, because there was so much like teasing me of like, oh, this could be happening. I think mm-hmm. this could be Ray's parents. I think this could be happening. I was really excited after I watched it. I went and rewatched it in theaters three times because I was like, I can get past this being a reskin because I feel like they're just opening the doors to these very interesting plot points. Hmm. Um, and they had spent the whole first movie kind of destroying all expectations of this being a continuation of the other characters. Like yeah. in the first movie, they kill off Han Solo kind of in a symbolic way of saying like, this isn't the story we're telling anymore, and we're going to have to get used to that, mm-hmm. which I respected. Yeah. And then episode eight comes along. Um, episode eight is just not a good movie. Um, like, like not, not a, like, not a good Star Wars movie. Just not a good movie. Like... You look at how many plot holes, or not even plot holes, but just like things that they force into the plot just to make it make sense. Just infuriates me. Like, and it's honestly super forgettable as a yeah. Star Wars movie. Well, and like, <laughs> yeah, like you were saying all that, and I couldn't even remember what they added in to make it, you know, like what? <laughs> yeah, well, and I can't even remember. One of the worst parts about it, and like, I, like I can forgive like pretty much 99% of the movie. But one of the worst parts about it is the fact that they put a specific timer on everything that's happening in the movie from the get-go. So you have this suspension of disbelief that Ray is fully trained in the Force now in the span of, like, three days. Okay, sure. Um, Finn is... uh, I can't remember who's Finn is the pilot. Who's John Boyega's character? Uh, I can't remember his name. Finn? Do you mean Oscar Isaac? Oscar? No, Oscar Isaac is Poe. Finn is John Boyega. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Uh, he travels to like three different planets in the span of like 12 hours and gets held in like prison, escapes out of prison. <laughs> like, commandeers a like the ship that is like trailing uh it's the the whole timing thing romantic plot that doesn't even develop does it it kind of develops but it feels out of left field um it's because people were they added a romantic subplot with john with finn uh and rose i think her name was Mm -hmm. um Mm. yeah we don't like rose because they needed a reason for people to not feel bad when they tried to pair uh, Ben Kenobi and Ray. That's why. Oh, the setup. Yeah, because yeah. you go back and rewatch the first movie. It's all Finn and Ray. Like they are a match. Like it feels like a good relationship too. Oh yeah. Like their chemistry I mean, together. Yeah. Is ben great. And Ray, yeah. And yeah. they needed a reason for plot that they had to force in there. To make it so that uh, people would be more okay with Ray and Ben getting together. Which uh, they really don't even get together. In fact... Oh, they, they kiss because of friendship. That's right. Well, 
Yeah. I want to, before we jump to the last movie and I get to my in fact (laughs) that I was just about to slap you guys with, um, I want to talk about a theory that I heard that I would have preferred they had gone with from this point on. Um, I heard a theory from uh, not a very reputable source, but a pretty good writer who said that he believed that Ray was actually a clone of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And the way that she became a clone was uh, at some point, the, I don't remember her name, but the smuggler woman who runs the bar in episode seven, the one with the big eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, That's all I had to say, yep. <laughs> she She is a collector and kind of a thief and like has all of these things that she finds valuable that she keeps which included uh luke's lightsaber um right they think that she found luke skywalker's chopped off hand um and used that hand i remember that used that hand and the dna from that hand to clone luke but instead of getting luke the clone came out as ray a female version mm-hmm. of Luke. And that's why Luke and Ray had this immediate connection. And that's why when she touched his lightsaber, she got all of these memories back because she technically was there, which is something that I really enjoyed and honestly mm-hmm. would make a lot of sense, but that's yeah. not the direction mm-hmm. they took it in. And it kind of leaves you to wonder who the, the writer who wrote the seventh episode, what, what were they going for? What was their idea moving forward? If I'm not mistaken, uh, it was the same person who wrote the new Star Trek movies. Oh. Um, I can't remember his name. Let me look it up real quick. I would... J.J. Uh, Abrams? Yes, J.J. Abrams. He was who... Oh, I know it. Cool. Yeah, he was he's, the one He's writing who, a Spider-Man comic right now. Yeah, so J.J. Abrams is traditionally a... like He has a long-standing record of writing great stories. Um, the problem was, was that, uh, if this is all theory of like these sorts of interactions, but, um, that he wrote the first movie, he had an idea of, he wanted to set the story up because Disney at this point had already said that they were going to have three different writers for the different movies, but that someone overarching was going to control the main plot points. Um, so he wrote the first one as more of like a setup to provide, these um to provide these next writers with things that they could hook into with plot points that they could hook into create their own stories based off of them and then other than that leave essentially like a a blank canvas of just like cool you have these new characters who are the focus you've got ray meeting up with luke this like fabled warrior han solo died you have this brand new character like all these brand new characters who have gone through traumatic moments and you can take them in whatever direction you want Oddly Apparently, enough, the setup to a perfect hero's journey. Right. And then apparently with the second movie uh, in this, so episode eight, J.J. Abrams hated the story and hated the writer. <laughs> and so episode nine became essentially a spite against that writer to ignore pretty much everything that he did and just like, like, fine, I'm just going to do this. Which is probably yep. why that episode is super not memorable. Yeah. Like not yeah. much happens. Not, not much happens pretty much. 
I think that, I think really. that's the episode where Luke finally like ascends, but yeah, Leia, Le- that, Leia uses the Force. To, do we ever come back to that? I don't. I haven't seen the last episode, so as far as I know, no. <laughs> no, uh, I don't recall. Yeah, no. Leia uses the Force to survive out in space to come back into the spaceship. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So. <laughs> Spoiler alert for episode nine. At the end of episode nine, um, we've lost Luke and Leia. And Ray takes Luke and Leia's lightsabers. Um, Leia has a lightsaber? Leia has a lightsaber. Fucking. She's like a Jedi, but not really. Fucking dicks and ass. She takes them back to the sand planet of sand. And Haku, Haku, and buries <laughs> them, Haku, isn't it? Eh, it's however, um, <laughs> and buries them in front of the house where Luke's aunt and uncle raised him. And you see the ghostly figures of the oh. Skywalkers. And in that moment, you're supposed to be like, "Oh, Ray doesn't need parents." We don't find out really who Ray's parents are specifically. She's like, Luke and Leia, they're my parents. And you know how much worse that makes the fact that she just kissed Ben? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Way still, worse. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you just kissed your brother, your adopted disturbed. brother. It's like, what are you doing here, step bro? Like, that's the equivalent of what happened mm. in the end of the Star Wars movies. And I'm still pissed about it. That's it. What? Entertain that, motherfuckers. <laughs> this has been a heated it's a bad episode. bad taste in your mouth. This has been yeah. a... I, did, I intended this to be a wholesome, feel-good episode of us talking about our childhoods growing up with Star Wars. And you know what? It, it's, it played out exactly how Star Wars played out. Because in the yeah. beginning, it was exactly what you wanted it to be. And then we got a little, a little off-rail. And then at the end, we completely lost our shit. Oh. And that's exactly what Star Wars is. Happy May the 4th, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Get out that bitch. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to try and expand, uh, try and expand on that. So thank you, everyone, for listening to my diatribes of about Star Wars. <laughs> The and, truth is, Disney's bad. Yeah, Disney's bad. Star Wars was good. Was Star less Wars good, is good. Was bad. Yeah. Star, Star Wars, Wars is still good. Star Wars is good. Yeah, I, I will say and, we bashed on it way more than it deserves. Yeah. Uh, which hurts to say because oh boy, I'm still I'm, I have a raw nerve. Uh, Watch episode nine. Get back to me. Yeah. Yep. Um, you will then come talk to us. I was fine up until episode eight. I was good. I watched episode nine. I remember leaving the theater. I watched it with Chloe and Chloe's family actually took us out to see it in theaters. And I remember leaving and going, well, my day is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) My disappointment is immeasurable. And my day day is ruined. ruined. (laughs) How could you do this, Disney? And even then I couldn't stop talking about like, why did they have to kiss? Why? Why? (laughs) It stuck with you all this time. Yeah, it did. But yeah, just a little smooch between friends. So what what I'll say to round this whole thing out, um, Star Wars, the universe as a whole, fantastic. If you get the chance, watch. And if you haven't watch episodes one through 
six mainly. I'd say still watch the last three. Um, you just, I'll warn you, you're in for some disappointment, but I'd still say watch. <laughs> you the haven't last even three. last watched the last one. <laughs> Listen, do as do as I say, not as I do. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Go try and find some of these older games, some of these older series. Watch the Clone Wars. The amount of entertainment that is in the Star Wars universe is incredible. Uh, and it, most of it being like actually good stuff, too. So I'll leave it at that. It's okay to be invested in something. And we're only so ornery about some of this shit because we are so invested. Yeah, um, exactly. We love yeah, it so much that we are angry. <laughs> yeah, and that's that you're having arguments about the plot. That's and the not canon, terrible. You know what? If I didn't depressive. care about it, I wouldn't be upset. Exactly. At the end of the day. Yeah. All right. Hey if guys, it was just another movie. We wouldn't be talking about this. You're you're exactly right, mm-hmm. guys. John Kincaid is back with us. John Kincaid. He's back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm back. He's back. He joined us again. I feel like I. I yeah. I feel like I walked into like my parents fighting. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> we were talking about Star Wars, things got out of hand, some yeah. some blows were were thrown, and you know what? We we made it out better for it. Mm-hmm. I tried to defend Disney. How about that? Shouldn't have done that. Then you said Disney's bad. <laughs> and then I said Disney's bad. So uh, look, yeah. I can flip flop. I can be a politician just like the best of them. Okay. Hmm. What are you here to talk you about again? Know, why are you here? You did <laughs> homework. You, you remember that? I was that? just hanging out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did. I did give some um, crucial homework that if, like, let's say someone like were to not do it, I would be very upset. But uh, Alex and Michael, we talked about we talked about Seinfeld. We did. Right? We, we talked about, about Seinfeld last week. We did. And I said. There's one episode that we should uh, all watch, and that was called The Opposite, which yes. we discussed off air. Right. So, yeah. Alex, um, let me know your thoughts. Um, well, it was 23 minutes, so I think anyone who didn't watch it, um, that, that'd just be ridiculous <laughs> to not have 23 minutes to spend watching it. Um, yeah. In this economy? In this economy. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, uh, I, I watched it, and I, uh, I gave it a little look-see, a little watch-through. And here's some things I will say. Um, it was difficult to follow, but that's not Seinfeld's fault. You did lead me to an episode that was pretty strongly based around uh, pre, pre-existing character traits that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, the main one being that mm. George was doing the opposite of what he usually did, and I'm not used to what George is usually doing, so this is my introduction to George as he's now this Casanova, which I understood through context is not who George is. Um, nope. Right. I think it's a weird place for the season to end. It was the last episode of the season, um, and it. I hope that it picks it back up next season, but I don't know because I didn't watch the next season. I just watched the one episode you told me to. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that most of the storylines are like one and done's. Fair enough. So uh, they might make references to certain episodes, um, but I don't think and and like and like stuff does carry over, right? So like in that episode, he gets a job with the Yankees. Like mm-hmm. then he works for the Yankees for. At least a couple seasons. Excellent. And um, that becomes a part of the story. And then, so like their jobs fluctuate, their relationships fluctuate. I thought I chose that episode that uh, because I watched it recently, but also because I thought 
showing the opposite of what George is doing and how Elaine falls and like where Jerry fits in with that and how Kramer's doing his own thing. I thought that was a good representation of how that show is on a, like a per episode basis. Yeah. And I think and that, like, yeah, it, I, it was a great example of that, especially showing that like in this, this dialogue that um, these characters have established throughout the series, the straight man, oddly enough, is the comedian. Like Seinfeld is the straight man of the group. George is the bumbling yeah. kind of uh, the failure of the group. And then Elaine is this big success story hanging out with all these losers. And so in that episode, you do get to see that kind of shift and change, which has its comedic value. But what I will say, um, I, did, I did enjoy the episode, but I'm in a heated place because of Star Wars. <sighs> yes. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but I did enjoy the episode. Um, weirdly enough, Seinfeld, the comedian, Jerry Seinfeld, really boring his plot uh his plot of being the the mm. guy who always evens out it was it it just didn't hit with me i care more right. about george right now than i do jerry uh from that one episode experience but <laughs> that being said george's story was super gripping I, I could see that especially going into it knowing that this is based off of larry david I think that that's hilarious, and I could totally see a person like Larry David doing exactly this, which I think is great. Um, he just tries yeah. doing the opposite, doing the opposite of what Larry. And there David was a thing do. even after this. Well, like that doing the opposite is like something that some people swear by in their day to day lives. If you know things aren't going well, then they'll say like, I don't know if they gave the word like you know, Georgism or something like that. But I have seen internet threads where they talk about that and how some people say, like, if you're in a rut, just do the opposite. And and that is, you know, because of that episode. I think hmm. there was one line that really stuck out and that I really enjoyed from the episode where he was like, this is not a frame of mind. This is now my religion. And Jerry goes, then I guess your Messiah is the Antichrist. And he just kind of goes, well, yeah. And then goes out the door. And I thought that was hilarious. So points for that. <laughs> Uh, I will watch. Just rolls with it. I will watch more Seinfeld. I did enjoy it. That is just my little two cent on the episode. Uh, it was good. It was funny. You entertained awesome. it. I did entertain. I'm glad you liked it. I did my job. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Michael, how you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing. Why are you turning good. all white? What's I don't happening? Know what you're talking about. <laughs> Michael, can I ask you something? Like, um, just mono a mono. Yeah. What's up, John? Did you watch the episode? Uh, it was hard to follow, but that's not Seinfeld's fault. Yada, yada, yada. I think y'all pretty much covered it. Uh, no. Hey, yada, yada, yada. No. Yep. Seinfeld. Is that really? There you go. That's a Seinfeldism. Yeah. I heard 100%. that during the episode. That is, is that an it? episode. The yada, yada, yada. Wow. It is a Seinfeldism. See, I, yeah. I totally watched it. Boom. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> it's like you've been watching the series. Yeah. In case no, anyone's wondering, no, I am I repeatedly... I am repeatedly uh, quoting John Ralphio's character from Parks and Rec when he's Ooh. talking about the best man speech. He says, drop the mic, get out that bitch. I keep saying that. <laughs> I'm on a Parks and Rec binge. Uh, speaking of which... I don't like him. Um, fair enough. Yesterday, uh, as of the day the podcast comes out, we record on Wednesdays, but we post on Friday. So on Thursday, uh, which I believe is probably April 30th or April 31st, April 30th, um, yeah. new episode of Parks and Rec comes out, guys. Yeah, on NBC they're releasing what? a new episode. They're bringing the whole cast back, and it's um, Parks and Rec filmed at home. 
Oh, oh, is it? They're doing an episode okay. based around Zoom calls and stuff like that with all the Parks and Rec characters coming That's back. That's perfect. It premieres tomorrow. I want to I want to talk about it eventually. Yeah. It's pretty uh, exciting. But to come back to your question, John, no, I did not watch it. <laughs> and oh, it's not his fault. He's a busy man. He has an actual real-time job that he's working on constantly. I wish I could say that was the excuse, but... Damn it. I tried to get you out of it, man. <laughs> Listen, it's it's you get out of jail free card and you burned just it. Just like my real-life high school experience, you gave me homework and I did not do it. Oof. Now, if it wouldn't That's have been right. assigned you know, to you, do you think you would have watched it? Just like books? Probably. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I think you, you get the, the message opposite. of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, you kind of understand the themes and the the language used in Seinfeld. So in a way, it's like you have watched it. By yeah. not watching it, you've become closer to Seinfeld than I ever will. <laughs> the opposite, I guess. Is that, is that, Seinfeld is just real life. Is that like a twisted version of the game, which now everyone has lost? God damn it. <laughs> this is the second episode we've made our <laughs> listeners lose the game. Ah. You're welcome. <laughs> So, John, Great. why why are you really here? Well, as much as I love talking about Seinfeld, <laughs> there's something else that I just love to talk about. All right. And that just gets me pumped up. And that's you, this week's that you, Quick This. That you specifically love talking about in five minutes or less. That's right. And that five minutes can start now. Starts now. Picture me three years ago. Have not watched a single sport other than the occasional going to a baseball game with my dad. Then my friends say, hey, John, fantasy football's coming up. Do you want to buy in? Well, you know, I love to bet. But do I know anything about football? No. I don't care. I bet in 80 bucks (laughs) to join this fantasy football league. Incredible. And man... I have the time of my life. I'm drafting guys I've never heard of. I'm looking up stats on the internet. Who's the top pick? Who do I need to get? I get two quarterbacks? Wait, what? how many people do I have on my bench? I'm learning all of this stuff in such quick succession that is just invigorating, but it's also nerve-wracking. And so I create this team. I'm talking smack with my friends and... I win game after game after game after game, ended up getting second place in my league, score me about two hundred dollars. Wow! Damn. Now, now I'm hooked. Yeah, because and gambling addiction is very real. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but not only am I hooked because I'm winning money, I'm hooked because I'm learning about football. I'm learning about sports, and I'm learning how each game is like its own drama. It's like its own soap opera. And now I'm learning the relationships between players and between teams and between coaches, the history that these teams have gone to, the journey to get to that ultimate goal of making the playoffs and then making the Super Bowl. All the while, I'm over here trying to make a trade that someone's trying to steal Christian McCaffrey away from me. It's not going to happen, man. I'm not trading Christian that McCaffrey. He's my best player. He is my ride or die. He is my keeper. And so now, fantasy football not only got me into football, but it really got me into other sports as well because it taught me patience. It taught me how to really look at the game in this new light where every every day it's a new drama. It's a new storyline. And so now I'm following the season, not just for my selfish needs of making an extra buck, 
but also because I'm just genuinely curious about the Rams. <laughs> I don't have any players in this game, but you know what? I want to see this team because you know what? They might have a player that I don't have on my team that's on the bench that I could pick up on the waiver wire. And so this, it, it became this very engrossing thing that I do every fall with my friends. And you know what? There's ups and there's downs. Uh, one year I did two leagues and I spread myself too thin. <laughs> I got, I did terrible in both of them. I was laughed out of the, of the draft. <laughs> you picked Tom Brady that early. Oh, what an idiot, right? But we all make these mistakes and I learn from it from them and i grow from them mm. and then that next season i scale it back go to one league right i got christian mccaffrey on my side i'm living week to week with these quarterbacks do you know who jeff driscoll is uh, i don't but he played <laughs> for my team one week because i like you know what let's go for it i'm taking these risks and i all the while i'm just sweating every sunday morning when I wake up and watch Matthew Barry and the boys talk about their <laughs> best picks and who some last minute picks I should put on my bench or maybe should I swap out this guy for this other guy? <sighs> Let me tell you, I work at a standard nine to five, but nothing stresses me out more than a tough matchup on a Sunday morning Ooh. when I have half my team playing in a couple games. Ooh. But that season, that mythical season, I make it all the way to the playoffs. People count me out. They say there's no way I'm going to win. The last game comes. And I crush it. Bring home number one. That's right. I am the team to be feared. <laughs> and it was this this journey these past couple of years. The hero's that journey. Has not only... <laughs> exactly. I came from nothing. And now I am a champion. I will be the defending champion if this 2020 season starts on time. And I have fantasy football to thank for that, for introducing me in the sports and getting me closer to a couple friends and making some crazy bets and some crazy statements that I will later regret because I will get crushed. <laughs> but this is to anyone who is not even interested in sports. Give it a shot. Fantasy football. You might just love it. Woo! That's it. Five so minutes. Even five. How about John that? Well I'm the well only done, one dropping, but round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit in a sound effect. It'll sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I get the Monday night theme music playing when I oh, uh, start that conversation? Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. As long as it's not, uh, you know, copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get Nick to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you have you ever high. have you ever seen the TV show The League? Yes, oh, it is fantastic. It and pretty much encapsulates everything that you just said in a mm-hmm. thirty-minute to an hour uh, TV show. And just real quickly yeah. before we we jump off, how the hell does fantasy football work? Oh. Um, so in short, um, they used to do it pen and paper, mm-hmm. but now there's a bunch of apps. Uh, Yahoo Sports, ESPN has an app, um, just like D and D. And and so you draft <laughs> real players, right? So you can have Tom Brady on your team. You can have Christian McCaffrey. You choose a team's defense, some kickers, wide receivers. And then how well they do in an actual game that they play that week, you get points. 
So if someone scores a touchdown, you get five points. If they make a catch that goes for 50 yards, that's like six points. Um, it's different per league, but it it challenges you to learn about the these real life teams and players. And so it's fantasy in a way where like all these players from all these different teams are on one team, but it, it is based on actual football. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. I, I, played, I, would, I played with John for a while. I would love to do an entertain this fantasy football league. If, if we actually have like a, a football, football season to look forward to. <laughs> And John, yeah, I know you said that you you spread yourself too thin with two leagues, but I would love to have you in that as a fellow sportsman. Well, after this uh, champion season, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm willing to go for it. <laughs> He's high. I'm on willing to clean house. I am. Mm-hmm. I am, and I'm ready to come crushing down. Because <laughs> that's the sports. That's football, baby. Ooh, that's football, baby. Yeah, that's football, baby. <laughs> yeah. John, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast for us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We hope to have you again soon. Oh, I'd love to. Well, uh, from all of us here to all of you at home, have a happy May the Fourth, and good luck getting through those last three uh, Star Wars episodes. And May the Fourth, because you're gonna need it. <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. This episode of Entertain This was produced by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary by Nick Mustakangas and Alex Steele. Another special thanks to our guest host, John Kincaid, for coming on and hosting The Quick This this week. Our intro music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer. Be sure to follow us on our Twitter account at entertain underscore this, as well as our Instagram username, entertain this podcast. It's a great way for us to keep in touch with you guys and for you guys to receive updates on our podcast and where we'll be uploading them. We upload every Friday. See you then.